Hello and welcome to the Raising Killen podcast. My name is Marsh Naidu and I blog at RaisingKillen.org where we curate resources for parents raising children with disabilities. As always, remember the content provided on this podcast is purely informational and if you seek advice for your specific situation to always contact a trained professional on today's episode 109 we chat with jennifer cunningham who is vice president of client services at the star center in jackson tennessee Today's episode is actually a follow-up from the previous episode 108 where we talked to Dr. Jennifer Graves who is president of the Star Center and who gave us a brief history into how the center got started. This episode is brought to you by Teletherapy Service Physical Therapy That Gets You Into Motion. So without further ado, Grab that cup of coffee, put your feet up, and get ready for some awesome conversation. Today I'm joined by Jennifer Cunningham, who is the Vice President of Client Services at the Star Center here in Jackson, Tennessee. Jennifer, welcome to the Raising Killen podcast. Thank you, Marsh. I'm glad to join you today. Yes, ma'am, and I cannot wait to hear and learn all about assistive technology from you, as well as some of the services offered through the STAR Center. Yep. Before we kind of head in that direction, though, would you kindly let us know just a little something about yourself and perhaps your involvement with the STAR Center? I think right. that always makes for such a fascinating conversation. Awesome. Well, so by profession, I'm an occupational therapist. I have been um, doing that uh, particularly. I still do some PRN work um, in occupational therapy, but um, I have been here at the Star Center doing just uh, assistive technology for a little over 23 years now. So I remember um, I had a friend who worked here who was a speech pathologist, and I just kind of said, if they ever have an opening for an OT, give me a call. Well, I wasn't looking for a job, and, you know, the rest is history. But I showed up for my um, interview here um, on site, and the first question they asked me was, could I use a computer? And I was like, I don't know why I'm here, because back in, uh, let's see, what year was it, 2000, there... Um, you know, computers weren't everybody's home. I didn't have a computer at home. We didn't have smartphones, which are essentially computers in our pocket. And I was like, I don't know if I'm the right person for this job. And they said, well, you know, how did, how did you write your resume? And I was like, well, I borrowed somebody's computer at, at the school I was at and, and uh, typed that up. They were like, so you can learn. And I said, absolutely, I can learn. Um, and so here I am 23 and a half years later. Um, still uh, working here in assistive technology. Jennifer, assistive technology covers such a, a, a wide range of areas. And um, before we head into assistive technology, what about just giving us a little breakdown of what assistive technology is? Okay. So, yeah, assistive technology is a really um, big word for to, to sort of describe something that makes life 
um, easier for somebody with uh, any type of maybe a physical or a sensory vision or hearing loss um, or even um, some of our, our kiddos with um, attention problems, um, anxiety, things like that. So this assistive technology can be anything from a pencil grip, just very low tech up to, um, you know, high-end computer programs that read the screen to individuals who are blind or augmentative communication devices that um, a lot of folks use if they've lost or never had the ability to speak, but they need to get their their um, information across. And so it can be, like I said, pencil grip for a, what, a dollar or less up to thousands and thousands of dollars, um, but just kind of depends on what they need. Um, one of the one of the biggest things that we often think about with um, assistive technology is the old uh, curb cut um, adage that um, you know before before the ADA brought curb cuts into into reality for those in wheelchairs, um, the rest of us on bicycles or with baby strollers or things like that, we had to go up and down the curbs just like that person in the wheelchair. But because of the ADA and um, curb cuts. If you just think about now, all the folks who ride skateboards or um, push buggies or ride bicycles or things like that, curb cuts just one of those very daily type of um, technologies. Doesn't really seem like a technology, but that has made um, great use for the rest of us, not just for those with disabilities. Yes, absolutely, Jennifer. Now you guys. Um provide technologies for individuals that have vision impairment. Can you talk more to that, please? Um, yes. So um, it, in addition to myself, one of our, um, well, several of our staff members do a lot with our, our uh, folks with vision loss. We do have one um, of our specialists who is an orientation and mobility specialist. And so if you've ever seen anyone walking with a long white cane, that's primarily what she does. Um, that's primarily what her training is um, in, is to teach people how to get around, whether it's uh, rural West Tennessee or whether it's in Memphis or a bigger city, um, even uh, those those places with busing systems and things like that. So her primary goal is to teach people the long white cane, but she also has an additional certification in assistive technology for folks who are blind or visually impaired. Um, now that is not necessary, I guess you might say, to train somebody in uh, vision technologies, but uh, we are privileged to have, I think there's only four in the state of Tennessee who have that credential. So we're, we're proud to have her, but there's several of us who um, work in the area of, of vision technologies. Um, it can be anything from the accessibility features that are built in now to computers and to smartphones. Um, it can be external devices to magnify things that um, are written. We recently met with an attorney and she does a lot of paper shuffling, you might say. And so having a magnifier that sits on her desk with sort of a computer screen size monitor um, so that she can actually read um, what's before her was super important to her. Um, and so there are some, some options. Of course, with, with legal type papers, there's lots of words on a page. And so some of these even take pictures of the, um, the paper in front of them and then we'll turn that into 
um, speech. And so that's optical character recognition is a big fancy name, OCR. Um, and she was just blown away because her eyes get so fatigued throughout the day trying to read all the paperwork that's involved um, there in, in that field. And so just having the ability, there are even apps on our smartphone now that are free or things that are built in that you can take pictures of um, and it'll read back to you. So you can, so a person can look at their mail or they can read um, instructions on a, on a package in the kitchen or things at the grocery store, um, things like that. So vision um, has come a long way, the technology that's available. Um, and so a lot of people just don't know about it. And so it's important a lot of times for us just to show somebody what's available they've sort of a lot of times lost hope and I can't read anymore and I have to have somebody read this to me. Um, and then they find out they can, they can actually be independent again, which is important. I mean, I know a lot of the voice to text features that we now have on our cell phone. Mm -hmm. It's so amazing to be able to send a text message. <laughs> I just dictate that at times, right. you know, like, yeah. Right. So it may not necessarily always you know, we think this is specifically uh -huh. for an individual disability, but it speaks to even within our aging process, uh -huh. these are perhaps some supports that, that make life easier. Right. Uh, you know, it's often said that some of these technologies um, make things, I don't know, easy or simple for, for us, but it makes things possible for those with disabilities. And that's so important. Um, to see somebody maybe with a high level spinal cord injury who can now use their computer or their smartphone by using their voice. Um, there's lots, even, even uh, the speech to text is built into computers nowadays where it, it uh, that's been a fairly recent development that it's gotten pretty good on computers. So we like free. There's not always funding for some of the high end stuff, but we like free for sure. So we try to look at those type of options um, in the beginning and see if we can get somebody access just on the spot and then maybe look at some of those um, softwares or things that might cost something that might have some added benefits to the individual. So, so we talked about vision. vision. Um, perhaps let's head into communication devices mm -hmm. that might be uh, mm -hmm beneficial to individuals. What do you guys kind of have in that, in that realm? Yeah. So we have, um, we have a couple of speech pathologists on our team. Um, and another individual who has done a lot of AAC, she's actually a biomedical engineer and she's done a lot of, um, augmentative communication as well. And so, um, a lot of times with, with that, it's, um, it's maybe a trial process. What's going to work good for the individual. A lot of the folks we see are children, um, school-age children, sometimes a little before that, but a lot of children who are looking for communication systems. Um, a lot of times they've been to their speech pathologist, their, their regular speech pathologist, and maybe they've gotten as good as they're going to get um, at that time, but they have seen an ability that the child has to make choices and to pick maybe even through pictures. A lot of people are familiar with PECs or the picture exchange uh, communication. And so they've kind of mastered that. And so now it's time to move on to um, output so that, so that others in the area can hear them. Um, and again, times have changed so much. There's, 
there's even low cost, um, you know, apps you can put on a phone or apps you can uh, put on an iPad or things like that. We had a young man recently who's in um, the project search program here at the hospital and he, um, he has several diagnoses, but being able to, um, we, we got a case and um, strapped it around so he can use it wherever he wants, but he's, he's able then to get his point across to somebody who can't, um, who doesn't use ASL, he, he's hearing impaired. And so he's an ASL communicator, but not everybody in the world knows that. And um, so just giving that person the opportunity to have novel conversations that aren't guessed. You know, uh, I was in a training yesterday and we, we talked a lot about assuming. And so, you know, a lot of times when a child or even an adult is um, unable to speak, we assume they want chicken for supper, or we assume they're thirsty, or we assume they're ready to go to bed, but they need that voice too, to be able to um, get their um, needs and desires known um, in, in a way that's, that's very novel that they can, they can get that out. We try, um, if insurance is an option, we work with the individual to get insurance to pay for dedicated device, if that's the way that we need to go. Um, most insurance will pay for that. Um, let me say most Medicaid, Medicare type insurance will pay for that at least up until the um, individual turns 22. Um, a lot of commercial insurances unfortunately have um, disclaimers that they won't pay for augmentative communication. And so a lot of times we encourage the families to maybe try to get that Medicaid or TennCare in the state of Tennessee, um, activated as a secondary insurance, because then we could push it through on, on that end. Um, if there's not um, a funding for that, sometimes we do look at going to the iPad. But kids these days have grown up on iPads. And so everybody says, oh, can't you just give them an app? And we say, well, we could, but when they want to go on YouTube and watch a video or play a game, they're not going to understand that this iPad is for communication. So in those situations, a lot of times we recommend having a separate iPad um, solely for communication. And we can actually um, use guided access on the iPad to lock them into that program. Okay. And then they can use their other iPad for, you know, um, enjoyment, games, things like that. So um, yes, we, when iPads became a thing, we had to sort of find a workaround because kids are not going to give up those games and videos and no man <laughs> places they want to go just to talk. So, um, so we try to work with the families and kind of see what works. Sometimes we are called in by school systems, even um, under a contract type situation where we can come in and take a look at communication needs of a child um, or other assistive technology needs, you know, learning needs of a child. Um, who is still school age. Jennifer, we covered um, the vision services, communication. On the last interview, that's a 108, we talked to Dr. Jennifer Graves, and she discussed the reading program and some of the other global services you'll offer. Mm -hmm. But I think it's so neat that, you know, you guys are located here in Northwest Tennessee. That's However, you'll have impacts statewide. Can you tell us more about this? Absolutely. So I guess to start from the beginning, the Star Center um, 
has been around since 1988. So we're about 30, does that make us 36 years in now? Uh, we had a celebration last year for 35. So we're at 36 now. Um, and it was started by a family who was looking for solutions. And, and recently I got the opportunity to meet a lady um, who now is in Tennessee, but was in California at the time where things were more progressive and really got um, the Dumit family interested in this technology thing that was that was real new in 1988 um and so you know the the Dumit family started our program um with a need they had in their family but certainly we have grown we've pretty much been in west tennessee for well a lot of years and then back in 2018 we were asked um to move into the middle Tennessee area for assistive technology. So we covered about two thirds of the state. And then for about two and a half years now, the um, state vocational rehabilitation program, which is for adults looking to go to, to work as their ultimate goal, that can mean college or other training or things as well. But uh, vocational rehab, yeah. a proposal and um, our president at the time was a real yes man. And he said, well, if we're, if we're doing a, a great job in, you know, two thirds of the state, why not go for the whole state? So, yes, we're now for assistive technology in all 95 counties, primarily for vocational rehabilitation. But we also work with um, veterans and school systems. And um, there is a program, too, that I want to mention, the Tennessee Technology Access Program. So each state um, has a Tech Act program and ours is called. Tennessee Technology Access Program, or TTAP, and through that program, we are able to, um, we cover about 60 or 61 counties for that now, so we still cover about two-thirds of the state. Signal Centers out of Chattanooga covers the eastern side, um, sort of from the timeline um, over, and so with that TTAP program, if there's not funding for something, um, a lot of times we can serve a person under that grant. Um, program. And so that's, that's pretty great for us um, as well. And that's everything from demonstration or teaching somebody about phone apps. Maybe they're an older person who's losing their eyesight. We can go in and show them some of those accessibility features and um, apps and things through that TTAP program, which is free of charge basically to them. Um, and we also have lots of durable medical equipment from walkers and wheelchairs to hospital beds to um, computers to, to, to all kinds of things that are donated to us. And then we turn around and make sure they're in good working order and refurbished and we hand them back out to people um, also through that grant. So I wanted to throw that in because I wasn't sure that was something you knew we did, but we do that basically in um, from the Mississippi River to the timeline. So about 60 or 61 counties across the state. And then, like I said, signal centers covers those others. Um, but the Tech Act program is certainly in every state and um, certainly just a quick Google search could get you, get you a, um, a list of those, I'm sure, for folks in other states. How can we get to the Star Center? What is the pathway to like initiate service with you all? Yes. So either a phone call um, to our, our main office here in Jackson um, and that number um, the toll-free number is uh, 800-464-5619 um, because not everybody will be local. Um, so again, that's 800-464-5619 or an email 
or you can go to our website at star-center.org and there's a place for questions on there depending on what you're interested in um, or an email address which is ttap at star-center.org and so that's kind of the connection and then you'll talk to myself or somebody else and we'll we'll help you figure out what the path is if we need to refer you to vocational rehabilitation because you want to go to work or if we need to talk to the school system or things like that we make that happen Jennifer, any interesting programs that you guys provide services for that you think folks might be interested in? Absolutely. Um, One thing that we do in our assistive technology department is we have a grant funding with um, Tennessee AgriAbility, which is for farmers with disabilities. And that is a program, a grant program that is run through the Um, USDA, the United States Department of Agriculture. Um, And it's it's not in every state, but it's in a lot of states um, around. But certainly being in Tennessee and we're a big agriculture state, um, it's not just for farmers who have been injured on the job, um, you know, in the fields or um, things like that, but maybe somebody who has experienced um, some type of a disability through the aging process, or maybe they've had knee replacements or things like that. So um, Tennessee AgriAbility works to um, help farmers see the um, options that are out there. A lot of times we partner that with vocational rehabilitation because farming is their job usually um, and vocational rehab can um, provide some of that funding for maybe some of the things that are recommended. And that can be anything from um, lifts on tractors to get an individual from the ground up to their tractor seat. Um, They have things like, I can't remember what they're called right off, but like easy hitches where they kind of automatically lock a hitch into the back of the tractor with their implement on it. Utility vehicles, things like that for people who might have mobility impairments, traction chairs for individuals who maybe have sustained a spinal cord injury. They're a lot like, um, well, they're wheelchairs, but they have actually sort of treads like on a tank Um, and so they can get around their farm, whether, you know, the rough terrain, we had an individual recently who works with, with horses. And so he, um, is getting a track chair that actually goes into standing so he can be at the eye level of those horses. So we're looking forward to his success story in the end, um, as well. So agribility being in Tennessee is, is a huge, um, huge thing. And we're trying to get, get the word out about that as well. Jennifer, thank you so much for your time today. This has been an amazing conversation and uh, just there's just a lot of information for for everyone to to digest. But uh, the big takeaway here would be not to hesitate to contact you guys Mm -hmm. to see how best you can uh, help your child or help the individual um, gain access to technology to be utilized within their everyday lives. That's right. We, we do our best to help. Well, listen, I will see you soon and you have an amazing day, Jennifer. Okay. Thanks, Marsh. Thank you. Thank you for listening along on the podcast today. Remember, March is National Developmental Disabilities Awareness Month. And we would love for you to attend our resource fair 
at Vocational Rehab in Dyersburg, Tennessee, which we are planning to hold this coming March the 28th. It is going to be a fantastic event with 17 exhibitors on site. So mark your calendars for March the 28th from 5 to 7 p.m. at Vocational Rehab in Dyersburg, Tennessee. This episode is brought to you by Terry Therapy Service Therapy, physical therapy that gets you into motion. And that phone number again to contact the Star Center in Jackson, Tennessee is 800-464-5619. Repeat, 800-464-5619. As always, remember, get to the top of your mountain. This is Marsh Naidu signing off.